A very strange commute to work today. I'm in Auckland. I come in from the west. I came in on my motorcycle. And I stopped down College Hill. This is the valley uh, across from the burning Sky City Convention Centre. I had to stop. It was a scene from an apocalypse. I looked across at, at the building. Four jets of water from snorkels from four different corners of the building. The building was surrounded. There were orange flames to the south. The entire city shrouded in smoke. So I stopped and I took a photograph, and I've just posted that on my Facebook page, Andrew Dickens News Talk ZB. And I marveled at the fact that here I was driving voluntarily right towards that fire. Because our studios, where I'm sitting right now, is about 150 metres from that fire. But because of the vicious southwester the city has been battered with over the last day, we are clear here of smoke and danger. We've closed the front doors, though. And everybody smells a bit of smoke because they've been through it. It's incredible. And this is all quite bizarre because this morning a lawyer friend messaged me. His office is over the other side of the city in the east. Far away, really. But the strong wind has blown the smoke from the Sky City Convention Centre right at his building, which has now been closed as a health hazard. There's loads of little buildings that have been closed all over the place. The council closed their 28-storey building, which is right beside the Sky City Convention Centre. Uh, everyone's working from home today. Uh, so when I arrived at work, I went up to the corner and looked up the street towards the Sky City Convention Centre, like I say, just 100 metres away. And there I was, nearly at the base of the firefighting efforts, right there. I've taken a video, which I've also posted on Facebook, uh, and you can see by the way the smoke's been blown away just how strong this wind is. And also, because of the wind, I was getting soaked by water from the snorkel being blown back at me. And a few moments ago, just before I came on air, I popped out again, and I took a last look, and I saw water jets actually being aimed away from the Sky City Convention Centre. Because of the wind, they actually aimed it out into nowhere, and the wind blew it back onto the fire. This is extreme conditions for firefighting. Has been all night long and all day long. Storms and rain and gales and hail and high temperatures and firefighters up on a roof trying not to fall off. Soaked and tired, it's every single guy we've got. Difficult access and it's been going on for 24 hours now. Thank you to the firefighters. They must be exhausted. And what a thing. Its impact will be felt for years. Such a disaster. So it's not Notre Dame, but the artworks have been saved. But do not underestimate this. Just the cost of rehousing all the Sky City hotel guests will be massive. And it's this piece of infrastructure that Auckland, yes, but all of New Zealand, uh, has waited for forever. Its shining moment would have been APEC with all the leaders of the world in a plenary session, in an amazing thing designed for this. Well, will that make it? And will this piece of infrastructure, uh, how long will it be delayed for? It's a terrible, terrible thing. Now, on uh, just another uh, quick um, note, today we have the next stage of Act Leader David Seymour's end-of-life choice bill. Politicians will have to decide whether the final decision should be put to the public in a referendum if it passes its third reading. Now, this is the New Zealand First Clause. They believe in referendums. Uh, if a referendum is not granted in this vote, then the bill itself may wither on the vine because New Zealand First does not support the decision being solely in the hands of politicians.
But the point I'd like to just make right now is um, these sorts of votes, euthanasia, abortion, conscience votes. And this morning we heard uh, the politicians with Mike Stuart Nash and Mark Mitchell uh, say, well, they've gone out, they've canvassed or polled their electorates to find out how their, their people feel so they know they, they know who they're representing and they know who they uh, what they feel like. I know that Stuart Nash said that from his poll, 68% of his electorate uh, supported uh, some euthanasia or this bill, so that's the way he's going to vote. So this is, this is the thing. They are representatives, aren't they? But half our politicians are list MPs, not voted in by an electorate, not voted in by you or I, voted in by a party committee, chosen by a party committee. You know, sometimes people vote against electorate MPs because they just don't like them, even if they've got the same political belief. There's a personality to it. So anyway, the list MPs are voted in by the party committees, and I wonder who do they consult? Whose conscience do they represent other than their own? And they can't vote on party lines. Uh, They can't go and consult the people who put them in there, the parties, because that's the entire point of a conscience vote, to avoid party lines and get down to individuals. And it actually raises a very good question for me as to whether list MPs even have a right to a conscience vote or whether conscience votes are unworkable in an MMP environment. I haven't come to a conclusion yet, but it's worth thinking about.